It's August 27th, 2020, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Well, hello once again, everybody. Sorry we missed you last week. We, uh, well, we were coming up on time to record and Matthew was, was having a I, I guess a bit of a challenge because you suddenly had twins, what, almost a year and a half old twins, or a little more than a year and a half old twins, running around the house during your work day. Yeah, like climbing up the walls, pretty much. Yeah, my mother-in-law <laughs> came down with something, and we would had to take the kids for a week, and so things got a little complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, were were they climbing up the walls or were you climbing up the walls? Everyone was, but we'll go with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it was really the kids. I I, I was totally calm and perfectly or, organized. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that. I just I I'm thinking because school is starting for a lot of people again, and I was made me think of one of my clients who after having to tutor and sort of work with her daughter the last few months of, of the last semester, the spring semester for school. She, she said, I can't, I can't do this again in the fall. I I was just completely overwhelmed trying to help her with her homework and help make sure she got things done. And she goes, and then I'm supposed to be working and I'm up until two o'clock in the morning trying to get my stuff done. Cause we were up late trying to get her stuff done. She's like, I can't do this again. <laughs> I felt I felt bad for. I honestly don't know how parents of school age children do it. Luckily, my mother in law is available to help us watch the twins as as they need watching during the week while we're doing our work stuff. But it's it's hard. <laughs> well, well, you 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 got that first real taste of what it, what it would what it's must well not must be like for her because she she doesn't actually work work, um, but for you guys, yeah, for 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 people who are working parents and have children at home that are doing schooling, I just my heart goes heart goes out to you because this has just got to be got to be grueling. But anyway, so so we're but we're back, yay! We we you survived. Um, I'm assuming the kids survived and Faye survived, so everyone's good, right? Yeah, no, I, I think we all came out of it a little, little better than we went in. I'd like to think. Well, good. Well, that's good. Well, so guys, during during the last podcast, so so we've been off a week, but if you remember, maybe you remember, remember, maybe you remember, maybe you don't. But the last podcast, we were talking with the real estate broker Hunter Dane. And we talked briefly about some of the choices that the architects and clients have to make when they're starting a new project. And of course, with Hunter, because he's a broker and he is involved in a lot of different aspects from land purchase to actually working with the builder and the builder's designer and, and stuff to help you know work through the house process with a, with a client, we got to learn a little bit about how he would make decisions in his own projects. And it, it really got us thinking about what choices are being made anytime you do a construction project, anytime someone comes to us, what are these choices that are being made? And of course, anyone who's ever bought, renovated, or built a house, or any building for that matter, knows that there are a million and one different decisions that you have to make along the course of your project. And if you're starting from scratch, it gets even bigger because 
You have to choose everything from your foundation to the windows to interior and exterior materials, lighting, insulation, door and cabinet hardware, and the list really, really goes on and on. And and from our perspective, we used to, we we don't as much anymore. But but when I first started working, we would do entire schedules just for finished materials, entire schedules just for door hardware. So you would have a lot of decisions that you have to make, and it can be really overwhelming. The whole process of that is you're going through it. And it's, even if you made those types of decisions before, there's a lot you have to consider. And at the end of the day, you can really, really get overwhelmed. Yeah. And with the real estate market as hot as it has been lately, at least in the DFW area, I've talked to and heard from more and more people who have really given up the idea of renovating an existing home to fit their needs and instead finding uh, a spec home builder to just build them a brand new home. And and while there's nothing wrong with going down that path, the, the main reason I've heard people making this decision is because they felt overwhelmed with the number of choices that they they would have to make if they had started their own project. Whereas the builder is offering them a stripped down approach that takes most of the important decisions out of the client or, or the buyer's hands and leaves them with a couple minor finish options to choose from, maybe the countertop colors and maybe a minor floor plan alternative. You, you, the, the kitchen may be turned 90 degrees relative to the, to the dining room or living room. And so today we thought we'd talk about choices and we'll discuss some of the value in choosing to start a new project, primary considerations that can help you narrow down the the vast array of choices that you have when you start that project, and how an architect can help with all the decisions, or at least how we think an architect can help with all the decisions that you have to make along the way. So I'll start this off by asking you this question, Larry. For a client starting a new project, what is the value in choosing to work with an architect versus just going to a spec builder and just picking out a floor plan? Oh, goodness. What's the value? Uh, well, um, first of all, don't just go to the spec builder. <laughs> That's our two cents on that. But yeah, so so what's the value in it? Because there is, there is um, an innate or an inherent value in working with an architect that people probably don't think of when they think of, because they're looking maybe really at a bigger picture and think, well, this would just be so much simpler if I just did it this way. But if you're going to work with an architect, there, there are certain aspects of it that, that really are of value and really beneficial to the, to the client. And the first thing is sort of this deliberate planning, because if you're working with an architect, you're choosing the right spaces for you. You're choosing what's going to work for you and work for your family versus having to figure out you know, there's these sort of predetermined spaces within a, a particular floor plan. And how am I going to fit my functions into, into those spaces? And one of the things, especially right now, because so many people are working from home, that this idea that, oh, I'm looking, I, I need a house that's got four bedrooms because I have to have an office. But not thinking that, well, that office may mean that you're next to all the other bedrooms. And so working may not be it may not be an optimal optimal situation for you when you're working and for the people in the other best bedrooms because I don't know how noisy you get when you work and you know if, if I'm working at home I've got 
my my iPhone's playing something on a speaker somewhere, or I've got the TV on. James will have his his TV on. So the potential that you are trying to make these spaces work for a function that they're not meant for. So when you're working with an architect, you can sort of be deliberate about that and know that I can place place the things, place the spaces where I need them to be and not where they just happen to fall because this is what the standard floor plan is. And at the same time, you also have that opportunity to really make the home unique and make it really fit you because if you drive through these neighborhoods where there's all these spec homes being built or these whole neighborhoods being built, you can drive down the street and look and go, like every fifth house is the same house. And you see the start to see that pattern repeated and it's not exactly the same. Maybe they've changed the brick on it or they've changed the brick to stone or they've changed the entry slightly, but you can almost guarantee that you will see that repetition within the neighborhood. So working with an architect and starting from scratch, you really have that chance to sit down and really make this place your own. And it's something that's really unique to you. And of course, you have someone to work with who can help guide you through all the choices that you have to make. You know, we talk about people being overwhelmed because there's so many choices. You're working with an architect. They can help you through that and help you figure those things out, which actually kind of brings us to our second point which are some of the primary considerations that can help narrow down a client's option. You know, what are the things that you can do to help narrow these things down so that, so that you don't get overwhelmed. So you don't think I'm never going to make it through the process. And the first thing right off the, right out of the gate, honestly, the, the primary, this is probably the primary consideration when you're talking with a client, it's budget because it's real easy to have champagne taste and beer budget. People do it all the time, but a budget's really going to help you figure out, okay, what, what is going to be possible for this project? What are the things that I'm going to be able to achieve based on what I have to spend? So, so just that alone will help to start narrow down some of your choices. And the other, other factor of this, you know, we talked about being able to have a house that looks unique. Sometimes it comes down to the style or the look that the client's going for. You know, you want to, you know, that we're doing mid-century modern. Well, that just eliminated basically every molding profile out there except something flat. I mean, it's it's very limiting to to what you have to actually select. And and obviously that, you know, you're not going to get these really froofy fixtures and and not a lot of scroll. I mean, it's just this very clean aesthetic. So, so you look at the style and when you look, you look at that and see what the client's really going for. And that's going to help as well, just sort of kind of bring that, that pool of choices down to just sort of a smaller and smaller and smaller piece. And our third consideration that can help narrow down your options are material quality. I'll just speak for something as boring as baseboards you 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 can have your high end eight inch baseboard running across the entire floor of your house, and and you can make that out of a really fancy hardwood with, like Larry said, some really nice scroll work and and everything like that, and 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 that'll that's your your champagne budget, and then you can all go all the way down to just a simple flat piece of MDF that still has a has a has a similar type it functions the same way but it's just it's a different material and but it costs a little bit less than than 
your than something a little bit fancier and something like that. And and that goes the same for things like foundations. Like we talked a few weeks ago about, you know, there's 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 three there's a wide scale of wide range of foundation choices that you can choose and and they get progressively more expensive going from a slab to a suspended slab all the way up to the the pier and beam. So the quality of material will also narrow down help help you narrow down your options. So our fourth consideration and our last on this list is the priorities of the clients. If if you have a certain room in the house that that everybody is on board with saying we all need a large kitchen because my husband's a professional chef and we like to entertain and do all and 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 everything revolves around the kitchen. Well, then we're going to focus a lot more of these other things like the budget and the quality of materials into the kitchen. And so and so that that will that will also narrow down some of your choices in the other rooms because your main priority is going to be the kitchen in in this hypothetical remodel scenario. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that that you I think people like you said, you know, there are all these choices, but when you start looking at those things and and I think the kitchen's a great example because if you are the person that lives in the kitchen and if you're using it all the time and you have maybe big family gatherings, that place has to work specifically for you. And so it's really going to sort of focus your eye to to what are my options here and how does that impact everything else? So I think I think that's that's really and, and it, it could be true for any any part of the house really. So the question is, and, and this is our our last little point here, is you know how does an architect help with all these decisions when it comes time to make those decisions? And the first thing that that really helps here for the client is experience because the client's going to provide certain parameters that need to be followed. And of course, the architect, based on their own experiences working with other clients, experience in the field, we can sort of lead the client down that path so that at the end of it, we're helping them meet what are essentially their end goals. And it's true for planning layout of spaces as well as making any sort of selections for products. So it's not just about choosing materials or plumbing fixtures or anything like that. It's, it's really about the whole planning process. And of course, if your architect doesn't know about something specific, let's say you come to them about, oh, I want to be sure we do this with the house. If your architect doesn't necessarily know about that or hasn't done that before, the best part about this industry is we always know somebody. There's always somebody that we can reach out to and say, hey, can can you give me a good recommendation for this? Or, hey, can you look at this for me? Because I'm getting stumped and I need to have somebody give it another eye and, and provide me some feedback on this because I think I know what they're, they're really wanting to achieve, but I, you know, I just don't have the experience with it. So it's, it's working with the architect. You just have that opportunity to really, really have someone almost hold your hand and sort of guide you through, or not sort of, but really guide you through the process. And of course, that's, that's the other aspect of this, of course, is the process. Hiring an architect will get you started on a design process that every firm has that is geared specifically towards distilling a client's ideas down into a few cohesive design options. And usually by the end of the schematic design process, 
the client is presented with different ideas based on input from the client, zoning ordinances, and building code. But to get to these distinct ideas, we had to explore any number of other combinations of options to narrow it down to what we feel like are the best options for the client to choose from. So in a sense, we've already filtered some of the decision-making so that the client has an easier time making those choices. Yeah. I I can't tell you the number of times I tell clients, look, we're going to come to you and we're probably going to have a few options for you to look at for the floor plan or, you know, for, for the renovation, whatever it is. And you're going to pick, you may pick a little bit from here, a little bit from here, a little bit from here, and we will bring those ideas together and we'll sort of distill that into a final idea. But yeah, more often than not, you are, you are presenting them with not just a single choice when you're sitting down with them. There, there are multiple options. And I've had clients in the past who, I have one right now, who was very, very definitive about it, especially when it came to finished materials. And she said to me, she said, I'm not good about making choices. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick out three of each things and just present those three, three things to me. What are the three things that you think would work best? And out of those three, I will pick one. And that's how this is going to work because otherwise we could be going in circles all day. So <laughs> I was, which, you know, makes me very grateful because thank you for, for it certainly helped short circuit the process somewhat. But, but we also had one client who, oddly enough, was enormously busy. I mean, he was, I think we saw him for maybe a grand total of 30 minutes to the entire project. But one of those times was, he had to make a decision about a floor plan because there had been some water damage during the, during the construction, not, not the fault of the contractor, but something happened. So part of the house where his office is was damaged. So we had to come up with a plan. So, okay, here's an option and here's an option. And laid out in front of him, he walked out of the meeting, looked at both plans and said, I'll take that one. And then walked back into his meeting and it was done. So <laughs> it was this weird, really weird thing happening. But but it's that whole idea of, you know, you you have to sort of, we as architects have to work through our own process and come down to these potential possibilities for the client so that they actually have the chance to really make what is a good decision for them. And of course, part of that too is is just the research aspect of this because we try to stay up to date on new construction techniques, or we at least try to stay up to date, and building codes, zoning, you know, other other industry developments that that we usually accomplish through our annual continuing education requirements because we have to have 18 hours of continuing education. Who knew? But <laughs> so yes, we still have to go to school, so to speak. But yeah, so so we we keep up to date with what's going on on a regular basis. And for us, that means we're able to provide clients with sort of this up-to-date knowledge and research that sort of helps keep the decision-making process moving forward. And I think, Matthew, you've got a really good example of this from, from a project that you did a little while ago. Yeah. A few years ago, I was working with a couple in my neighborhood to design a mother-in-law addition for their backyard. It seems like that's my specialty these days. <laughs> but, that, that's okay. You, you, you find your niche. Yeah. We were trying, yeah. And, and so we were trying to find a, a budget. We were trying to be budget conscious about 
the addition in their backyard because my clients also wanted to redo their kitchen and add a pool as well. And as I was reading through the relevant zoning for their project, I saw a side note about prefabricated sheds. And I had never really considered that before for their project, but I did a little bit more research into prefab backyard sheds. And I came across this one company based in Colorado that shipped a really nice modern looking shed that was reasonably priced. And I was able to integrate it into a cohesive design for their backyard and mother-in-law suite. And the end result was such that the shed didn't look cheap or prefabricated, but belonged in the design as an attention, as an intentional part of the whole thing. Now they ended up not going with that option, uh, but they were appreciative to see the the research that went into that option and seeing what was available to them if they were going for a particular price point. And in this instance, it was my research based on the client's budget that drove that particular choice, even if it was ultimately thrown away. Well, you want to hear something funny? What's that? I was reading a couple of days ago with everyone starting to office from home, the companies that make those sheds, those outbuildings, there's one of them. I think that's, and I think it, it could be the one that you, you found this company in Colorado, their lead time for buildings is 12 to 14 weeks because people are having these made for use as a home office outside of the house. So, you know, set up in the backyard. So it's actually their, their home office so they, they can walk out of the house, walk across the yard and go to work. And this isn't the only company doing it, but people are actually taking advantage of that, that prefab construction. So interesting that, that for this particular client for you, they didn't go down that route, especially given how prevalent that sounds like is it's really starting to be a thing. Oh yeah, that's true. This was, this was a few years ago, so it wasn't, it, it, it was, they weren't quite as popular as it sounds like they've become now. That's, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting to read and, and I thought, well, that makes sense, you know, cause I honestly have looked in my backyard once or twice and thought, how, what would it take to put an outbuilding back here so I could just have a place to work? <laughs> I haven't said that to James yet. So shh, don't say anything. But, <laughs> and, and maybe that's another podcast, something else we can talk about, you know, because free prefab really is, I won't say the well, wave of the future. It's not a, a wave. It's already out there and there are lots of possibilities. So, so, you know, maybe that's a good podcast for us coming up. Sounds fun. But yeah, ultimately, you know, when you're starting a new design or construction project, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And we hope we've calmed some of that. Oh my gosh, what have I gotten into type feeling that you might get when faced with all the decisions that need to be made. There are strategies for narrowing down some of your choices and an architect can certainly help along the way. Yes. And you heard that here. Architect can help you. So <laughs> I think that's where we're going to leave it for today though. Um, thank you guys again for joining us. We hope you're, it's the end of the summer already, um, or at least end of what I guess is, you know, summer before school, but you know what I'm talking about. It's the end of the summer. So we hope you guys are doing well and staying cool 
in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, of course, you can find us all over social media or find, well, find me all over social media, Spotted Dog Architecture, Facebook, um, Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter at Spotted Dog Art. I had to think of all the social media handles. This is ridiculous. And as usual, you can always find Matt at uh, Archgeek Matt on Twitter. Perfect. So everyone, thank you for listening. We hope you are having a very good week and we will actually be back in two weeks because I am going to be taking a little vacation and actually driving up to see our in-laws in Colorado. So I have a few days off and uh, hopefully just sort of unwind, have drink, unwind and drink a lot of wine because I'm not sure what else there is to do there. So <laughs> everyone take care and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.